Good morning, thanks for joining us. I am Lori Camp, the Connections Coordinator. We hope you had a very Merry Christmas and we're glad you decided to join us today for church. I have a couple of announcements. Uh, with the new year, we have a couple of new women's Bible studies that are kicking off. They're gonna start in the very beginning of January, so make sure you check our webpage for the exact dates. We also have Mom to Mom, which is gonna be on January 6th. You do need to sign up for childcare ahead of time and that's also on our website. And the last one is we have Connections class, and that's my favorite one. Uh, we are going to start January 23rd. It's from 9 to 10.30 for five weeks in a row. And it's really for anyone who wants to get to know more about ABC, get to meet our pastors, and get to know some other people in the church. It's a small group, so it's a really good chance to just put your feet into the waters and see what church is all about. So we'd love to have you. You can sign up by emailing me at lori at abcchurch.org. Thanks so much, and we hope you have a great Sunday. It was a brisk morning, early fall. Jesus had just spent the night praying outside the city, and the sun was cresting the hilltop on his back. He stood up. It was cold. The dew had started to set in on the weeds and grass below. He wrapped himself tight inside. To be honest, he wasn't all that excited to start the day. Another trap had been set. And Jesus wouldn't fall victim today, but it wouldn't stop these wicked men from dragging other people through the mud. He began to slowly, reluctantly make his way down this well-traveled path toward the city. And as he walked, he sighed. Arriving down at the base of the hill, looked up toward the city. And with his eyelids welling, he muttered under his breath the word grace. He picked up his feet and slid the leather on his shoe from left to right, almost as if to dust off the steps leading up to the temple before he ascended the hill. Jesus put one foot in front of the other and slowly made his way ascending the steps to the outer court of the temple. And as he got to the top, people began to notice and uh, one man said, Jesus is here. And another woman walked up and said, Jesus, you look cold. Teacher, take my coat. And he motioned for her to gently step away. And he walked toward the center of the court, finding a humble bench to sit down. And as he sat with a contented smile on his face, he began to teach about the kingdom, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The crowd began to form as people heard Jesus teach. They were enamored. They were confused at times by his words, but so compelled. And so he taught. And out of the corner of his eye, Jesus caught this struggling woman with a swollen face, wet with tears being dragged by the very teachers of the law, those that would typically be instructing the people, grabbing this woman underneath her triceps and pulling her through the crowd. And as the crowd split, almost to form an aisle for them to bring her to the center, this woman caught eyes with Jesus. And for a split second, her world went silent because across the courtyard, his countenance alone was almost speaking audibly to her grace. She was jerked back to reality as they tossed her in a heap 
in the center of the crowd, almost like a pile of dirty rags. And one of the teachers spoke up, Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law says we should stone her. What do you say we should do? And Jesus stood up. He was stuck. If he didn't uphold the law, if he didn't endorse the stoning, then his teaching would be um, completely void. He would create an uprising. However, if, if Jesus supported the execution, he had a whole different set of problems on his hands, particularly with Rome, who believed that they ought to be the authority on execution. And so Jesus paused. And he leaned down in that moment. And he began to write in the dust that had settled on the marble stone floor in which they stood. The very hand of God that had with that finger etched the law in stone was writing on the stone. And people started to talk. What's he saying? What's he writing? What's he doing? And he wrote. The teachers became impatient. Jesus of Nazareth, what do you say? Stone her or not. See, the stage had been set. This was now a courtroom. And in the courtyard of the temple where a crowd had gathered, these men had set a scene. Perfect. Where Jesus was not to be held up on the judgment seat, but to be put down in the defendant seat, backed into a corner with no particular out. And so he drew and he rose. And at their request, he answered. He said, any of you who's without sin can cast the first stone. The courtyard was silent. Until it was interrupted by the sound of a heavy stone, a rock plunging to the marble ground, cracking. And the sound was interrupted as the people shuffled their feet and began to move. The oldest man in the corner, as they looked to the teachers of the law, was walking away with his head down. And the courtyard began to clear as sandals scuffled through the dust on the stone floor. And Jesus approached the woman. He slid his hand under her forearm and lifted her chin, at this point trembling from weeping. Jesus said to the woman, where are your accusers? Does anyone condemn you? She looked around and she knew full well that no one was there. She replied, no, with a question mark. No one accuses me. And Jesus said, then neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more. And he stepped back and extended his arm as if to invite this woman to a new direction. 
and she left the courtyard that day with her head high, feeling lighter, forgiven, redeemed, healed. Immediately after this story, this beautiful narrative of grace in John chapter 8, Jesus says this famous line. He says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who would follow after me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And he spoke to a crowd equally as scarred by their sin. He spoke to a crowd who was hiding in their darkness, just as this woman had hid in her sin. And he made a bold statement of grace saying, if you should choose to step into the light and walk in the light, you will not walk in the darkness, but you will have the light of life. No more shadows, no more darkness, no more cheap imitation of what love and life is meant to be. The real thing, the pure thing, a new way of living, a new way of walking. Jesus offered the light of life. We've been looking for the last uh, three, four weeks at ABC at shadows. We've been walking through these stories, these shadowing stories, foreshadowing stories of what Jesus was to bring in the New Testament. And we looked at Abraham and Isaac, the shadow of sacrifice. And we processed through what Abraham's faith must have led him to do in that moment. The way that he grew an authentic and genuine faith, foreshadowing what it would mean for us to follow suit in that similar sacrifice. And then we looked at the story of Ruth and Boaz and saw this amazing, amazing picture of redemption as Boaz redeemed Ruth from her past, from her identity, from her people, gave her a new name and a new story. And then last week we saw King Josiah, a shadow of righteousness, a righteous king for a righteous kingdom, that Jesus would bring a new king, a new kingdom, a new way of living. And so today we ask a very simple question, what does kingdom living look like? What does it mean for us to live in a righteous kingdom? And we see this bold claim of light in John chapter eight, that Jesus says the new kingdom is a kingdom without shadows, is a kingdom not just with um, shapes or silhouettes, but a kingdom that's clear, a kingdom that's bright, a kingdom that is hope-filled, a kingdom that's been restored, that darkness is no longer, that there are no more unlit corners of our hearts and lives. And so this morning, I just want to talk about light. I want to just look at the light that Jesus is talking about here in John chapter 8. And I want to ask for ourselves this morning, what would it mean for us to live in the light? Live in the light of Christ with no more shadows. The first thing as we uh, jump back into that story in John chapter 8, kind of an obvious thing really is that the light sees all. That this light that we're talking about, the, the light that Jesus shines and the, the light that Jesus brings, it sees all. Jesus saw all. Jesus saw this woman's story for what it was. It's kind of obvious and yet I think important to point out that there was no mistaking what this woman had done. It, it wasn't as if Jesus approaches this woman in the courtyard and, and puts his hand up to his cheek and whispers, hey, did you do it? No. 
No one was questioning whether she did it. No one was questioning her story. Certainly not Jesus, who knew her story full well, who knew the sin she had been involved in, the identity she was living, the lies she was believing. He knew it all. The light saw it all, and yet it spoke into that dark story. Full exposure, no secrets, no shame. Jesus sees it all. The light of the world, in him there is no darkness. I love how John says it in his letter. So John wrote this gospel that we're just discussing here, John chapter 8. But then he wrote these letters later on in his life, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. These are letters that are more instructive in nature as opposed to the storytelling that existed in the gospel. And so in his first letter, 1 John chapter 1, he talks about this very light. In verse 5 it says, This is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to him that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. It's the contrast between light and darkness, acknowledging the darkness and yet stepping out of darkness. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from sin. It's a beautiful result of walking in the light, cleansing from sin, moving towards righteousness. This light, the light of Christ, where there's no more shadows, brings righteousness. It claims righteousness. It calls righteousness. It speaks righteousness over us. The light claims righteousness. And Jesus said to the woman at the end of the story, Neither do I condemn you. But the next line is so critical to understanding the narrative of Christ and what he was speaking of as he discussed the light. The next line he said to this woman was, Go from now on and sin no more. See, he was calling her not only to forgiveness, he was calling her to a new story, a new path a new way of living. It wasn't simply that he could stand in that moment with her and just say, you're forgiven. Go do whatever you want to do from here forward. No, you're forgiven. Now live like you're forgiven. Live like you're in the light. It claims and demands and calls righteousness and says, you're forgiven. You're healed. You're redeemed. I'm shining light on your story right now. Don't walk in the darkness anymore. Don't hide in the shadows anymore. Don't sit in that shame anymore. Now live like you've been redeemed. Live like you've been saved. Go and sin no more. The light claims this righteousness. Your sin doesn't define you. You are not defined by what you've done. You are now defined by righteousness. That's what Jesus calls his children who walk in the light. 1 John 1, 9, we keep reading that same chapter in John's letter. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Righteousness, not unrighteous, but righteous. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, walking in the light, walking as forgiven, confessing our sins, staying, remaining, standing in the light, living as redeemed, restored, healed, and forgiven. And then in chapter two, he says this, my little children, John writes, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And I hear the sentiment of Jesus in John's words, of Jesus to this woman who was caught in adultery, the sentiment of Jesus saying, is anybody going to condemn you? I'm not. So go and sin no more. Just as John writes, 
anyone does sin, we have an advocate, he says. But he says, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. I'm saying, I'm pointing out the truth that there's no one here to condemn you. I'm pointing out the truth that you're standing in the light. I'm pointing out the truth that you are now called righteous. So go from here forward and live in this new path, this new way of thinking, a way that doesn't allow or require you to stay and remain in your sin. Be set free from it. Go and sin no more. Let God speak for you. He will identify you. He will cast light on you. He will redefine you with the word righteous. Live in the light of Christ. No more shadows. And this light is not shadowed by demands of the law. I think that's really important. When we, when we see the Pharisees or teachers of the law, as it's said in John 8, start to pester Jesus in this story. They're making these strong demands. In fact, I love what Eugene Peterson says in the message in John chapter 8 when he's talking about uh, these, these Pharisees waiting for Jesus to respond. He says they were badgering him. They're, they're like saying, come on, Jesus, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? This woman's failed. Look at what, what's the law say we got to do? They're like pestering him with the law. And Jesus simply says, I will not be moved by the law. The light of Christ will not be compelled by the law. And it's really important because I want to be really clear this morning for, for anyone who's watching, for anyone who's just maybe getting a taste of what grace is all about or of what standing in the light is all about this morning. Maybe you, you haven't fully understood that or been compelled by grace. I want to be very clear this morning that if you have failed in some way, shape, or form, or that's your story, the story you're telling yourself, that you have come up short, that there are boxes that have been left unchecked, there are T's that have not been crossed and I's that have not been dotted, that you have not fulfilled what someone or some institution or what some conception of God has led you to believe you've unmet those expectations. I want to simply say the law will not be moved, or the love of Christ, the light of Christ will not be moved by the law, by unmet expectations, because in Christ, in the light of Christ, every single T is crossed and every I dotted of the law, completely fulfilled by Christ. Jesus talks about it in Matthew chapter 5 when there's a little bit of tension with trying to live this perfect life trying to live this, um, this lawful, righteous life. And Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds even the, the most righteous of the Pharisees, it's not enough. It'll never be enough. He says, in fact, you have to be perfect. And the only way you're going to be perfect is if you let me speak over you, if you let my light shine on you. You will never be perfect by what you do. You will never be able to fulfill the law. You will never be able to check all the boxes. And so when we step into the light and we allow for the light of Christ to shine on us and allow for him to speak righteousness over us, all of those unmet expectations are completely and fully met in God, in Christ. No more battling 
No more contending with the law. The light of Christ will not be shaken or moved by the law. It will not be perpetuated or badgered by the law. God's light speaks once and for all. No more shadows. Done. Complete. Non-negotiable. If you've been living in a, in a structure, whether it be a home structure, church environment, workplace environment, family life, whatever it might be for you where you feel like there are unrealistic expectations that have been put on you, maybe even from the church. I want to tell you this morning very clearly that the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not asking you to meet the lawful expectations. That's called legalism. That's not the way of Jesus. Because we will never, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, we will never be able to fulfill the law. We will never be able to exceed the righteousness of the most righteous person in the world. We will never meet up, match up. And so if that's your structure, if that's your experience with, with a family system or a church system, I want to simply speak that same degree of grace over you and say, step into the light, own it, and say, I'm, I'm not enough. I'm not going to measure up. I'm not going to be able to, to cross all of the T's or dot all the I's. There's no way. And so I need the righteousness of Christ to light me up, to speak over me, to accomplish what only he could accomplish, and live in the freedom that grace intended for us to live in. Live in the light of Christ. No more shadows. No more hiding what was un, unmet. No more hiding the areas of our lives that haven't been fully, completely refined and made righteous. Live in the light of Christ. Jesus says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's the most beautiful promise that I could ever imagine hearing in a moment like this where a woman is fully exposed. Where her sin has been aired out for the entire community to see. And he simply says, anyone who wants to follow me will not walk in darkness. We'll have the light of life and that light of life will speak truth and forgiveness and grace and love over you. It'll give you a new path forward. It'll give you a new identity, a new way of living. Jesus sees it all. The light sees it all. Jesus has claimed righteousness for you. The light claims righteousness. And Jesus has not been moved by the law, will not be restricted by the law, but completely has fulfilled it. There, there's an uh, amazing opportunity in this promise for us this morning. Again, simple promise, yet profound. Walk in the light as he is in the light, and you won't walk in darkness anymore. You have the light of life, that if we simply are willing to step into the light, and that's the offering this morning, that's the request, would you be willing to step in the light and say, I'm not going to hide these little corners anymore. I'm not going to hide the shadows, the things that are kind of shaded in my life that I'm hoping people won't really process through. They won't really discover. They won't really get to know me. They won't get close enough to me to see some of those things that you would simply step into the light and say, God, here I am, just like this woman who was caught in adultery and thrown in the middle of this crowd for the entire community to see. 
laughing stock in that moment to say, but I'm going to be in the light, but I want to be fully exposed so that I can be fully forgiven, that the righteousness of God can be spoken over me and I can lift my head and I can walk out of the courtyard high and, and believe that God has given me a new path forward, a new identity. That's what I'm offering you this morning. And that's what God is offering through the gospel of John, that you would step into the light and anyone who follows him, follows the path of Jesus, follows him in the righteousness that he set out for us wouldn't walk in darkness anymore. I'm going to read this verse from 1 John chapter 2 again because it's just so simple and yet so challenging. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you. It's as if he's summarizing his life work of storytelling. He wrote the gospel of John and then he wrote these letters. He says, little children, my children, I'm writing these things to you. I'm telling you these stories so that you may not sin. And then there's this disclaimer, and I love it. I'm so thankful for this disclaimer, verse two. He says, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole sins of the world. And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And so John offers this invitation, walk into the light. Step into the light. Be willing for your shadows and your darkness to have a light shine on it so that Jesus Christ, the propitiation, he says, the replacement for your penalty, for your sin, the substitution can claim righteousness over you and you could have a new identity. And then he says, I'm going to write these things. I'm going to tell you these things so that you won't sin anymore. So you won't live in that old way. You'll live in a new way. It's an amazing, amazing opportunity. So this morning, as we just wrap up this whole series, this December of shadows, looking at what was coming in Jesus and then celebrating Christmas, the fact that Jesus came, that he interrupted history, that he brought light, that he brought a new way of thinking and living and working and breathing, that he gave us a new path forward. My call, my, my uh, request for you, church, is to simply say, yeah, I'm gonna follow Jesus into the light. What does that mean practically? It probably means for some of you sitting down with a friend, a family member, a trusted accountability person and saying, I want to live in the light. I don't want to have any more shadows. Here's some things that I want to confess. If we confess our sins one to another, we will be healed, it says in James. And so it's just a literal time of confession maybe. And as you think about the new year and kind of heading into a season of just renewal and um, thinking about what rhythms and patterns you might want to pursue this year and kind of start fresh in January, which is kind of nice, to think about maybe there's some things that I need to bring light to, I need to shine light on. Maybe there's some things that, that I want to walk away from to go and sin no more, so to speak. And I just encourage you as you wrap this series up with us and wrap up this time of church, would you share that with somebody? Don't keep it in, in here in your heart. Yes, there is a healthy conversation that can take place between you and God, 
but there's something powerful about out loud saying the things that you know you need to do, things that you need to lay aside, areas of your life you need to shine the light on and have the light expose the sin so that you can go and sin no more. Jesus said it's very clearly. He says, if you follow me, you'll walk in the light. You will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. And that's what the promise is for us this morning, is that we would have the light of life in Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Father, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for this new way of living, this new path to walk on, this uh, greater, grander understanding of righteousness. That righteousness does not come by works. It does not come by the law. It does not come by um, maintaining some sort of behavioral pattern corrected, perfected. That is not righteousness for us. Righteousness is simply spoken over us by Jesus Christ who paid the price for our sin and calls and claims us righteous. And so we step into that light. We follow Jesus into that light. And I pray for everybody uh, within the sound of my voice that's watching this video that there would be a compelling call to step into the light and say, I'm gonna follow Jesus in the light. And, and I don't want any darkness. I don't want any more shadows. I don't want any corners unlit. I want all to be seen and for all to be known and for me to be able to claim righteousness because of what Jesus has done for me and that I could go and sin no more as a result. So Lord, lead us that way. Lead us to community where we can process and pray, confess and be healed in the safety of trusted relationships. And may those relationships and those communities be cultivated and developed right here at ABC in our church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this message. Thank you for John's simple words and for a beautiful story of grace as we see it spelled out in John. God, give us the courage to step into the light and to follow you to the way of Jesus, the way of righteousness. In your precious name I pray, amen. I'm really glad that you joined us. Uh, for whatever reason, um, you may not be joining us on campus today. Maybe it's just a holiday weekend and you're traveling or you're cozy at home and I understand that and um, definitely can appreciate that. If there's some reason why you're staying away from the community of God, why you're not leaning into a church, regardless of, of that church's ABC or not. I want to encourage you to consider what would it look like for you in the new year to step into the light, to walk as Jesus walked alongside of others who are processing and wrestling through the same faith journey as you and the benefit that could come from that. And so I want you to consider as you head towards next year, we're kicking off um, a new year and uh, Pastor Gerald's going to share a New Year's kind of a resolution call to read and study scripture and then we're going to jump into the Gospel of Matthew. But as you process through this week and just think about what your rhythms look like, I would encourage you to consider what church community means to you. And it doesn't have to be at ABC. But I think there's a, a really critical component to the community of God, the family of God, gathering, worshiping, leaning towards each other, and walking in the light together 
as we head towards this new year. So just to consider that, um, we'd always love to have you at ABC. Um, If ABC is your church home and uh, you've been coming here for a while, uh, we'd love to have you on campus. We have services next weekend at 8, 9, and 1045. um, And uh, we'll we'll just keep doing that every weekend um, until Jesus comes back, I hope. Um, But thank you for joining us this morning. And we'd love to be a resource for you. Uh, Feel free always to reach out, call the church office, um, or check our website if there's anything that we can help in your journey and continue providing for you as opportunity for community. So have a wonderful um, holiday and happy new year. We'll see you next weekend.